Good morning. My name is Steve, and I'm one of the elders here at CCSC. I'm, and I'm up here with my daughter, Caitlin, who will be promoting up to the youth group uh, starting next week, next Sunday. So together, we will be reading today's scripture, which comes from Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9. Please give your full attention to the reading of God's word. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them from a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Amen. Amen. Now let's give our full attention to the preaching of God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's give him, let's give this couple, the father and daughter, a big hand. Thank you, Caitlin. This is a full and festive and joyous Sunday. This is going to be unforgettable for me. I think one of the few times I'm able to deliver God's word for people of all kinds of different ages. So please help me, God. Help me, God, at this point. Uh, there are five sections. They're called strophes. There are five different sections throughout this psalm. You can rest assured I'm only going to go over the first two. And then the last two very quickly. There's actually five, which is going to go over the first four, but the first two and the second two very quickly. There's a pattern. I want you to notice this pattern in Psalm 107. If we could see this slide, it basically repeats in every section. First, there's a crisis, a big problem. Okay, there's a big need, a big cry. And then second, because of that crisis, people respond with a cry to the Lord and then third, let them give thanks. A call to thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Just four sections. We'll go over the first two, really. The first one, what is the, what is the crisis? Verses 4 and 5. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Some wandered in desert wastes, verse 4. Finding no way to a city to dwell in. Some wandered in desert wastes, in verse 5. Hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. So the first crisis was a desert, okay? People felt so thirsty. They felt so hungry. It said their souls fainted within them. There's the crisis. So what do the people of God do? They cry. They cry to the Lord, okay? And because they cried to the Lord, look at verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress, we cry, God always hears and answers, <clears throat> and he delivers his people from the desert. And then look at verse 7. God led them by a straight way till they reached the city to dwell in. And then last but not least, verse 8. Verse 8. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. So you notice this pattern. The crisis, then they cried and then there's a call to give thanks, a call to give thanks. You know, one of the great reasons we gather together 
fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, cousins, all together today is because at the end of Psalm 107, it tells us we should pay attention to, we should consider, we should remember, we should recount all the different acts of steadfast love, the way that God has brought all of us to this point, and he will continue to lead us forward all the days of our lives. We should give thanks and worship God for his steadfast love. Number one, why? Because of all those deserts. We all went through desert experiences. That means times when you felt like you were stuck, where school was really, really long and boring. Or maybe there was something painful, a bully at school that you were going through. A desert is when you feel very thirsty, you feel very drained, you might be really depressed. Everything seems dark. But when you cry, even in the desert, in any crisis, God always hears and answers us. He delivers them, and after he delivers you, what should we do? We should give thanks and worship God. Now, here's one of the most beautiful things about our God. He doesn't just change your scenery. He doesn't just change your situations. He doesn't just change your school, change your friends, change your jobs, or change your places. God sometimes is up to changing you. Let me say that again. Even if you're going through a very difficult time that feels like a desert, the wonderful thing about your God, if he is your father, is he's up to not just changing your scenery, but he's up to changing the person. He wants to change you. You know, even every superhero story has this movement. Every superhero, a good one, film or book, has this, what you might call a narrative arc. I remember several years ago, I saw Spider-Man's No Way Home. I watched it with both of my daughters, St. Elizabeth. I thought it was fantastic. That was the movie with a multiverse, and there were three Spider-Men, three Spider-Men simultaneously appearing on screen. Don't ask me why. I have no idea how that happens. But the story that I do understand was this in that movie. Peter Parker, he's haunted because he had lost his girlfriend by the name of Gwen. And then for the rest of his life, after he lost his girlfriend, he's beating himself up. He wants to make up for it. He's haunted by it. He's trying to become the kind of person that Gwen would be proud of. So eight years later in this movie, when MJ, another gal, is thrown from the Statue of Liberty, that scene is purposefully framed and shot and composed to evoke the exact moment when Spider-Man had lost Gwen. Well, this time, Spider-Man, in, instead of snagging her and rescuing her with a web, he makes sure to catch her in his arms. And when they safely hit ground, this is Andrew Garfield playing Spider-Man. He bursts into tears. After the movie, I asked both of my daughters, because I noticed they cried too at that moment. So I asked Taylor, why did you cry? Taylor said, because dad, Spider-Man had lost his girlfriend before. This is a moment of redemption. He's making up for it. It's so moving. I said, oh, that makes sense. Then I turned to Elizabeth. Why did you cry? Because she said, Andrew Garfield is so hot. <laughs> He's just so hot. Parents, church, 
Love all your kids equally, but distinctly. Love them equally, but individually. Love and parent them together as a church, but differently. Did you know that in the life story, story of Jacob, God took of all of Jacob's sons, he took Joseph, one of the sons, and he purposely put him into a desert. In fact, he even he got thrown into prison. And if you understand the life story of Joseph, it's this. It, it's this. God can even take you through the desert to make his dreams come true in you. In a crisis, what should you do? Cry to God. When he answers and rescues and delivers you, you are called to give thanks and worship. Okay, verses 10 through 16. The second section, okay, much more quickly. This is death row. I'll call it death row. Verses 10 through 16. Let's read this. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. There's the crisis. What's the crisis? Prison. Affliction, death row, they're in chains. But look at verse 13, the pattern repeats. Then they did what? They cried. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Next verses, 14 to 16. He, God, brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. So now, verse 15, here's the call now, the call to give thanks. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works of the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Crisis, death row, prison. Cry, cry. Third, when God delivers you, even when you were dead wrong, even when it's your fault, it says, even when we didn't obey God's word, even when you know what you did was wrong. Even when you willfully and purposefully disobeyed and did what was wrong. If you forget everything else today, I want you to remember this. What makes all the difference in the world, in your life and in the next lifetime to come, is not that you are going to mess up. Please listen to me close. You will fail. You will terribly and repeatedly fail. You may not end up being very good. You may break certain things and break laws. I want you to know from this scripture passage, even when we do something dead wrong, when you cry out to God, somehow God can make it all right. And what makes all the difference in the world is, will you come clean? Will you confess? Will you admit it? Will you own it? Will you say, yeah, that was my fault. I did that. Or are you going to continue for the rest of your life? Lie about it. Pretend you didn't do it. Excuse yourself from it. Blame everyone else for it when actually you did it. I'm going to say this carefully as one of your pastors. Getting in trouble or getting caught and having consequences upon your life or maybe even going to jail is not the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Far from it. 
Going to jail is not the worst thing that could ever happen to you. It's to fall into the arms of a holy and righteous God who knows everything about you, but you keep saying something like, I did nothing wrong. No, 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 no. This God, in his steadfast love and mercy, loves to deliver and rescue and save and make everything right for anyone who says, yes, I did do wrong. I deserve to go to this place. Because what God wants to do is he wants to love and save you and bring you to a savior. And no matter what it takes, what it costs, if God can do that, bring you to his savior, that is an act of steadfast love. God loves his children so much, he will use everything to beautify you, never burn you. He will do everything to build you up, never break you down. But what's the pattern again in Psalm 107? In any crisis, any trouble, any pain, any fear, any darkness, whether it was the desert or even death row, second, what should you do? Cry out to God. Cry out to God. And as you cry out to God, when God answers it, let us give thanks and worship God. I said there were four we're going to cover. The next two real quick. The third is disease. The third is disease. I have no verses to read. He's going to have to trust me on it. Same pattern. Crisis. A disease. Second, call. Uh, second is a cry. Third, a call to worship and give thanks. Fourth, last but, last but not least, the fourth one is disaster. All kinds of disaster happen in verses 23 to 32. In particular, this is a storm. And in the midst of the storm, they cry out to the Lord in verse 28. Then in verse 28, God delivers them. And then verse 31, there's the call to give thanks and worship God. This means in that last one, all kinds of disaster. It actually is talking about a business trip here where your business fails. But even when you did nothing wrong, it's just a calamity. It's an accident. It's an awful tragedy. Things just don't turn out the way you wanted it to. And you had nothing to do with it. Even then in that crisis, what should you do? Cry to the Lord. And then third, when God answers it, a call to worship and give thanks. All kinds of disasters, all kinds of disasters, even God covers them. For all of you who enjoyed VBS, I'm so sad and bummed I missed it because I watched videos of it. Do you remember Space Ranger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone remembers him. Sorry, I'm up here today. This is a disaster. This will be over soon. But the Space Ranger by the name of Eric Cho, what a superstar, huh? Incredible. Incredible. And we want you to know at this church, okay, that when you come together with the people of God in the church, not only can you have such a fun, memorable, great time, but we really want you to be able to turn to and cry to and find this God who answers every prayer. I'm just going to close with this real quickly now. I just want to give you guidance, okay? Two things, graduation guidance, as now some of you are moving up. You're becoming big boys and girls, or you're graduating from high school, and you're going off into the real world. Some of you are going on to work life. Graduation guidance. Okay, two things. Real quick. Number one, there's one book that never gets old. Okay, there's one book you should never graduate from. There's one book that never, ever, ever ages or changes or will fail or disappoint you. 
In fact, I'm going to give you a guarantee. Of all the books you ever read or study or learn, this is the one book that everybody in the whole world, whether they believe in it or not, is one day going to discover every word comes true. This book never gets old. Never gets old. You know cows, how they digest their food? I misquoted this, but I looked up Google, and Google corrected me. They have one stomach, but four compartments. What that means is to digest that grass, they lodge it into the first compartment of their stomach, and then they regurgitate it. Basically, they throw it back up, and they chew it again, and then it goes into the second compartment. They throw it up chew it again, goes into the third and to the fourth for that food to become nutritional, something of value to the cow. Likewise, I can't tell you enough how many people today do not re-chew. We call that meditation. You don't just read something once. Look, if you want to get good at anything in life, anything in life, do you just look at it once? Do you just do it once? Do you just kind of give it a casual effort? I want you to know the payoff, the results, the benefits, all the blessings that God wants you to have as you graduate is through this one book. And it is incalculable how much this book rises to every occasion and will give you everything you ever need. You may say, well, pastor, I think the Bible is pretty boring. In fact, everyone around me, my family thinks it's boring. I never see it read or never, never studied. Let me suggest something to you. The people who find the Bible boring are the ones who are never learning it. They're never rechewing it. They're never reading it over and over and over and over again so that it digests. I assure you, no other book you could spend your whole lifetime on that'll ever, ever get old. This one book. Last one, okay? Last one. We sang about it. It's in the name of our church. Look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. You know, I'm sorry to say that there's a lot of people who believe in the Bible, and you can go to a church, and you can grow up your entire life and go to a church. And you may only hear and only be told, you better be a good person or else. There are a lot of people who go to church their entire lives, and all they hear is, you better become a good boy or, gir or, or girl or else. But that's really not what Psalm 107 is saying, is it? They continue to get in trouble, disaster, disease, death row, afflictions of all kinds, even through the desert. So what does this mean? Be a good boy or be a good girl or else? No, Jesus had to come all the way down because he knows you won't. That's a fact. I'm not. I won't. And even when we do mess up and are not that good, Christianity is the one religion all about the grace of God, not how good you are. Christianity is the one religion all about the steadfast love of God, not about the steadfast obedience of you. So look for Jesus. That's really my last plea and my prayer. Keep looking for Jesus no matter what you go through in life because 
Jesus spent all of his life looking for you. He spends all of his life looking for you. Jesus went to the desert. He went up to death row. He'll meet you in prison. He went through a devastating disease, you might say. And then he faced ultimate disaster upon a cross. Because no matter what you and I can ever go through in life, there isn't a place or situation or time Jesus himself hasn't been. He will find and meet you wherever and whenever you are. Because Jesus who comes looking for you and me, it's not because you're good, it's when you're falling apart. And Jesus fully suffered and absorbed for all your sins and shame so that anyone who believes and follows Jesus can experience the steadfast love of God no matter when, where, how, or what. Harry's going on a mission trip with our sister church, Christ Central in San Francisco. We've been praying for a fellow pastor by the name of Sung Kim, 36, been diagnosed with colon cancer. We're praying for him, praying for him. Last week, I got an email where his dear friends all gathered around. They said they want to organize a video montage, a collection of videos, so that Sung could watch it while he's going through chemotherapy. Do you know what that video recording is supposed to be of? Do you know what Sung requested? Do you know what he's thinking about all the time? Do you know what he wants to hear from all of his friends? We all went around and recorded little different pieces of Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Can I just read you the first five verses? It should sound pretty familiar. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, any crisis, I cried, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The last verse of that Psalm 118, 29 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. In any crisis, cry to the Lord, cry to the Lord. By the way, my dear friends, did you know you can waste your tears? You can waste your crying? Only when you cry and put all your tears to the Lord, he's the only one that can collect and remember and redeem and heal them all. And then last but not least, as we cry, we're called to worship. A call to worship. Please don't stop doing this as you graduate. Don't stop crying and looking for Jesus as you graduate. Don't ever get over the Bible because it never gets over you and it never gets old. Don't ever stop looking for Jesus. I want you to know in the last couple of weeks, I am so moved by parents, youth director, BBS volunteers, volunteers and teachers all around, and I've seen and heard them cry. They have been crying in prayer for you, especially from this recent retreat. And what I want you to know, those are just all reflections of a God whose steadfast love endures forever for you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this 
wonderful time together as we continue to worship now. May you fill our hearts with your spirit and with your joy. And I pray, oh God, most of all, that your word, your word which is planted, you promise it will not return void. You promise it will not return empty. It will bear fruit. Father, to your glory, for our joy, our health, our goodness, we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.